there. Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Alicia. And I'm Charlotte. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and current events to better understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine, women in general. That's the vibe. Yeah. And you can also find or follow us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which are all at, at From Skirts to Scrubs. And our Twitter is at FSTS underscore podcast. You can also check out our website for more information on our episodes, show notes, sources, merch, and more at FromSkirtsToScrubs.com. Yep. And you can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. And Apple Podcasts is the best place for that. Yeah. And welcome to our first episode of our second mini-series, everybody. I love a mini-series. Give me a mini-series. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're new to our podcast, our episodes are usually like an hour-ish in length and we cover a variety of topics. But our mini-series are more like a clump of episodes that have a very similar theme and they're only about 20 minutes long. So that's what we we mean by we are excited for this mini-series. So... For the next handful of episodes, we will be covering conditions that affect women more than men, even though they have technically nothing to do with our reproductive system that would make them, you know, tied to women for some reason. And we're going to start off today with the first miniseries episode um, talking about POTS or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And what's funny about this is that my doctor actually thought that I had this condition at one point. It turns out I just have asthma, so LOL. <laughs> we, can, we can talk about that more later if we want. But anyway, but if you are on TikTok, then I'm sure you have seen the POTS gals. There are these girlies who are TikTok girlies who struggle with POTS, and they have their cute little medical doggos that warn them when their POTS symptoms and spells are coming on. And it's always the girlies because this condition disproportionately affects women in comparison to men. So today we'll be talking about what POTS is, what causes it, some treatments, and the big question of why women. But Alicia, do you have anything to add before we jump into this? I think POTS is a really interesting condition because some people know a ton about it and some people don't know anything about it. And Mm -hmm. I definitely fell into the camp of not knowing anything about it until you maybe had it and then I ended up seeing it a couple times And I was like, oh, this is definitely a thing. Yes, definitely. We'll talk about that. Okay, cool. Let's jump into it then. Let's do it. Hi there. Just jumping in with a disclaimer. So we are not officially medical doctors yet. So this is not medical advice. We are simply talking about these conditions based on our own research and or experiences. If you are concerned you have one of these conditions, please speak to a medical doctor because once again, this is not medical advice. All right, let's just have some fun. Okay, so what what even is POTS? Like I said, it's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, a handful. So we're just going to call it POTS from now on. And it's a condition of dysautonomia, meaning that something is causing your body to not regulate things like blood pressure or heart rate correctly. These patients also have hypovolemia, aka they don't have enough liquid in their body most of the time. And they can also have high levels of norepinephrine, which causes your sympathetic nervous system to be in hyperdrive. So I just said a lot of things. So we'll 
reel it back for a second. Break it down. I want you to I want, I want to break it down. I want you to imagine you are in the woods on a nice little stroll one day, just enjoying your life, and you come across a bear, and the bear starts running at you at top speeds. I would hope that you would run away from the bear. And when you're running away from the bear, your body is actually going through a lot of different physiological responses that prepare your body to run away from the bear and survive. And this is what you yeah, it's like run and it's making sure you don't pee and it's making you not hungry anymore and it's making sure your heart rate's really high and like you're hyper focused and you know you're mm-hmm. ready to run away from the bear and try to mm-hmm. live. This is what your sympathetic nervous system does. And so in POTS patients, when I say that they have high norepinephrine levels and they have like a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system, that's what I mean. It's like they're running away from a bear, aka the heart rate is quite high. Mm. But when you have pots you're not being chased by a bear that's like your heart rate's not high because you're just constantly having a bear chase you at all times it's simply (laughs) because you stand up like these patients will be sitting down and they stand up and their heart rate jumps a ton for whatever reason and this is basically the root of pots is you have tachycardia orthostatic tachycardia so it's dependent on like how you are standing this is actually how doctors diagnose this condition in patients so you do it by either doing a tilt table test, which I don't think is that common anymore because it requires you to have, literally have a table that like flips. It tilts you. It's like if you watch those commercials in the early 2000s and there was like that table that would stretch your body if you lay it upside down. <laughs> I swear it's a thing. I swear. But that is like kind of like a tilt table. But you can actually just do it a lot easier. So a doctor can measure your heart rate and your blood pressure when you're lying down. And then you stand up, and at the two-minute mark of standing, they measure heart rate and blood pressure again, and then at five minutes, and then at 10 minutes. And for the test to be positive, your heart rate has to increase by 30 beats per minute. So if you're, like, resting heart rate 60, it has to go up to 90, or it has to be over 120 by 10 minutes of standing. So you've been standing for 10 minutes, and your heart is still, like, super high at 120. Because mm. everyone has, like, a natural response the heart rate's going to get a little bit higher when you stand up because when you stand up, like all the like blood volume you have drops to your legs and so your heart rate goes up higher um, to make sure your you know heart is still getting blood. But if it goes up by 30, POTS. If it's over 120 at 10 minutes, POTS. And an important part of this is that your blood pressure should not like fall. You should not have like orthostatic hypotension which is mm. when you stand up and your blood pressure gets super, super low because the blood pressure is not what's causing this syndrome. It's the heart rate. So only heart yeah. rate is what matters. Yeah. But talking about symptoms. So patients with POTS have a variety of symptoms that they commonly experience. It's different for everyone. I'll just list off some symptoms for you. Um, nausea, fatigue, mm-hmm. headaches, lightheadedness, Heart palpitation. So that's like when you can feel your heart beating really hard. Mm-hmm. Exercise intolerance. So can't exercise. Diminished concentration, shaking, fainting, coldness or pain in the extremities, chest pain or shortness of breath. That sounds terrible. So many symptoms, right? Like the, yeah. the range is so wide and that could be so many things. Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes sense like why there are so many symptoms because. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome is a syndrome, meaning it's not a mm. disease 
that is so it's like one thing causing this to be a disease. It is a syndrome and a syndrome like within medical terminology basically means there's a collection of symptoms or anomalies or whatever that occur together enough that it's considered a syndrome now. But th- that doesn't mean that the like the cause of that syndrome is the same for everybody. It's just mm. they happen to have the same symptoms as other people who have this condition. So it's a syndrome. So there are tons of conditions that can cause POTS. Alicia, do you have any a guess of what conditions could cause POTS? Just guess. Just guess. I guess anything. Um, like lupus? Yes, lupus is one. Okay. I told you. I told you. Just guess. Anyone. I just picked so, yeah. another catch-all condition that causes this catch-all condition. That doesn't seem very it's fair. Yeah, fair, we'll be talking about okay. lupus in this series, too. So, yeah. I know. And that's um, why I also felt like I was cheating. Okay, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. So, we have amylo- amyloidosis, which is another, like, huge condition. Sjogren's syndrome. Lupus. Sarcoidosis. Antiphospholipid syndrome. So, I'm naming a lot of, like, autoimmune symptoms right now. Yeah. Diabetes. Um, Ehlers-Danlos oh, yeah. syndrome. Yeah, that makes sense. It can also happen post, um, like virally, or just really like post like any infection. So it can happen after mono. It can come on after Epstein Barr virus. Mm-hmm. Just, it can happen after Lyme disease. It can happen after myoplasma pneumonia. It can happen after hepatitis. Lots. It can happen after COVID. I'm pretty sure now too. Um, it's tied to hepatitis multiple sclerosis, alcohol use, chemotherapy, history of trauma, pregnancy, any surgery, anemia, like literally so many things can bring on this condition. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what's going on, honestly, of why. They just know that your heart rate's really high. So if you focus on just the part of, okay, these people have tachycardia, high heart rate, and they also have hypovolemia. So like I said, low liquid levels in your body. As the two like main symptoms of POTS, let's ignore all the other conditions that can cause POTS because you should treat those for sure. But if we're going to talk about treating POTS and the actual like tachycardia symptoms, mm-hmm. there's a couple things that is recommended. So one, you should drink two to three liters of like water or some type of liquid, preferably water or Gatorade or something a day. So for context, that's um, about 100 ounces, which is like three of the 32 ounce hydro flasks a day. I feel like most water bottles are like 32 ounces, three water bottles a day. Pretty obtainable. It's also recommended to have 3,000 to 10,000 milligrams of salt a day, mm-hmm. which is a lot of salt. That's a lot of Usually, salt. Usually, doctors recommend you don't have that much salt because it can cause hypertension, which is high blood pressure in the future. But for these patients, definitely tons of salt really helps. So these patients are chowing pickles, salted cashews, chips, whatever. Eat things that have salt on them. Olives, yes. Salty stuff is where it's at. And you can also wear compression socks. So that's kind of like helping if you have hypovolemia and your blood is all in your legs. You're pushing it up. Stay out of your legs and up to the rest of your body. You can also take some medications and the medications like vary per patient. You know, you have to figure out what works for you. Take whatever medications work for you. But people take things like beta blockers, some people take steroids, and even antidepressants apparently help with POTS. Why? Why do those medications work? I don't know. I'm not going to get into the weeds of this like that. I just want to let you know those things are out there and you should talk to your doctor about it if you think you have this condition. 
I also want to point out that the quality of life of a POTS patient is actually pretty bad, like to be honest. So if you have mild symptoms, like where you're relatively fine, then you can live like a normal life. But 25% of people with POTS have lives comparable to patients on dialysis for kidney failure, Mm. which is pretty bad. Like, Dialysis, I can't. I believe that. That is sounds terrible. A terrible stage to be in. Yeah, there's. I also saw a lot of articles say that, um, like a more common comparison to make pots for the majority of people is like having congestive heart failure or COPD, mm. which are also two really bad conditions that people get later in life. Quality of life's not great, but who gets pots? Technically, anybody can. Like, there's no. Like, this is the perfect, or, like, this is the only people who can get it. Like, anyone can get it, but it's most commonly in women, and specifically women in their, like, reproductive years, usually diagnosed quite early in life, like, around puberty or in their early 20s. So, to give some context, today there's around 6 million Americans who have POTS. Mm. 80% of them are women. Oh, wow. 80%. So many people. Or women. And the website I was getting most of this information was was like a dysautonomia association. And they didn't have statistics for the whole world. They said they only had statistics for the United States. That's why I just say six million Americans. Mm-hmm. But or but was this always in women? Like what about in the past? Was there any like history of POTS? So we'll talk about that real quick. One, what's funny is that when I Googled this, I will tell you that the history of pottery came up first. <laughs> Because I googled the history of pots, not pottery. We're not talking about pottery. So, anyway, before pots was pots, there was other similar conditions that they think maybe like might have been the same thing. And basically, there's like it's just one big one called the Costa syndrome, which mm-hmm. is from about the 1800s. It's characterized by having palpitations, chest pain, and just like over awareness of your heart. And it was hmm. very common in soldiers like during the Civil War period. And um, they also would call this condition like soldier's heart or effort syndrome. Oh, interesting. Also have some like exercise intolerance. So whether this is the same as POTS, unsure because not all POTS patients have this like awareness of heart part. But um, the palpitations, like chest pain, maybe shortness of breath, like can be tied to that. But soldiers is like mostly men. So this syndrome was mostly in men, which is obviously very different Mm. from the POTS of today. Of today. But they think there's a connection between the two, which is interesting. That is interesting. POTS used to be thought to be connected to anxiety, but it's very clear now that it's not connected to anxiety at all. So POTS and anxiety, separate. They do not, anxiety does not lead to POTS, which is important for a certain reason. And in 1993, that was actually when POTS was like officially discovered. There was a doctor named Dr. Robertson from Mayo Clinic, and he coined the term POTS and, like, coined the syndrome, because, and he said that it was one of the most common conditions in young women at the time. So mm. this was 30 years ago, and it was still super common in women then. Other than that, there's not much history to be found on POTS. Yeah. So I kind of want to jump into, like, why women? Like, why, why do 80% of people who have this syndrome, why are they women? And to clear the air, they're not really sure why, to be honest. <laughs> There's a couple studies I read of different, like, 
theories they have going on of why it could be more prevalent in women. There was a study from 2019 mm. that found that women who experience POTS like right after the onset of puberty, like puberty finishes more, it might be due to the, due to the hormonal changes that happen during puberty, such as having like higher levels of estrogen and progesterone in your body than before. And mm-hmm. these hormones can cause vasodilation, mm-hmm. it can decrease your plasma volume, it can even cause cerebral hypoperfusion. So that's just like the blood in your brain. So your brain is not getting as much blood. Um, and these can all contribute to tachycardia, so POTS. Another mm-hmm. study also looked at that POTS patients in general, in comparison to non-POTS patients, higher levels of growth hormone and lower levels of myoglobin. Why? I don't know. I didn't, I'm not going to read this whole study to you, but I'm telling you the results. And they think that somehow growth hormone and myoglobin might play a role. And what they found is that women tend to have higher levels of growth hormone and men tend to have lower levels of myoglobin. And they think that's maybe why women have it more than men. Interesting. Seems, it doesn't seems really not super up. specific. Yeah, but okay. But that's what they were, I don't know, thinking. But I honestly couldn't find that much on why, like, why women. And I find yeah. that crazy because it affects so many women, yet yeah. the information of why was not, like, readily available, at least within my research, which I find crazy. Well, I feel like um, that makes sense because, and I wonder if this is going to be a theme that kind of comes up throughout this in a whole mini series. Yes, I wonder that too. Is that like, because it's something that primarily affects women, we don't have as much research on it. And so then we're not chasing the why. So no one really yeah. knows. And so we're stuck in this like cyclical, like, oh, it's affecting women, but we don't know why. But because it's affecting women, we're not going to look into it because no one puts a lot of money into something like this. Yes. And w- women's conditions are chronically under research in comparison mm-hmm. to men. So there's that component as well. But something I did see in my research of why women is um, the delay of diagnosis for POTS. So it's common for patients to see seven doctors over two and a half years before they are officially diagnosed with POTS. And there's a lot of stories of misdiagnosis due to Mm -hmm. um, doctors thinking that these women just have anxiety. They're like, oh, your heart's racing and you feel faint. You probably have anxiety or even hysteria. Hysteria is still coming up all the time. But I think the last crazy point of this is that POTS, like I said, was like officially made a real syndrome 30 years ago, but it did not get an official diagnosis code, like for insurance purposes, until mm. last fall. What? Of 20, of October of 2022, it officially got its ICD code. That's crazy. Yeah. So you couldn't like officially be diagnosed with this in terms of your like personal medical history and insurance until last last year wow wow wild yeah but with that we're just going to talk i want to talk a little bit about pots today any personal stories either of us have or um any tidbits so i want to say like like i mentioned in the beginning i was talking about the tiktok girlies and their pots dogs and i looked into this a little bit and i wanted to talk about it briefly so you can actually get like a like a, not a therapy dog, but like a medical assistant dog, like how there's dogs that help blind people and things like that, um, for POTS. So these dogs will like notice that you're about to faint and they can like jump up on you or like tell you to sit down or go grab your meds for you. And their oh, job wow. is to kind of like always be touching the patient so that if they start to fall, then like they have something to grab on to, to like break oh their fall. Oh my gosh. 
usually it's like a big dog you know like labs yeah golden retrievers do this okay um, okay and also, if your, like, vision starts to get blurry, like, your peripheral, if you've ever, like, felt faint, then you'll know that, like, your vision starts to, like, slowly go out and the dog will, like, stand really close to you and kind of, like, give you that, like, I'm right here, like, this is where your periphery is. So you can, mm. like, start to sit down and stuff like that, which is super interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never um, heard so of I that. So that. Interesting. Love that you can get a dog to help you. But I did have a... A family friend who has pots. I don't know her super well now, but I knew her well when I was younger. And she, it like, apparently it changed her life. She would get like so faint so quickly. She would have to chug two Gatorades of like just two Gatorade bottles before she would get out of bed in the morning. She would have to set an alarm for 4 a.m. and drink one Gatorade. Mm -hmm. And then she'd have to set another, or, like, just whenever she got up in the morning, she'd have to drink the other Gatorade just to get up in the morning. It was so bad. And apparently, like, from what I heard, her symptoms got so bad, she had to, like, um, take a leave from college to get it under control. And, like, had to go to, like, these ex-park doctors at places like Mayo Clinic. And um, it got, like, really serious. And the fact that she had to leave college, I think, just shows, like, the debility that this condition can cause, really. Yeah. It's very interesting. That is super interesting. And I have a patient story that I was going to share, but I was going to quickly just like (laughs) talk about Charlotte's POTS diagnosis, which was very amusing at the time it was happening, but it was also very stressful. I remember because we went to the Van Gogh exhibit and Mm -hmm. like when I saw you, you were like having all this like shortness of breath and it was hard to breathe. And so they gave you an asthma inhaler And you were still, like, having trouble breathing even when you were using it. And then we were at the Van Gogh exhibit, and we had to, like, step out and sit down because your heart rate was, like, beating so fast. And It was, like, 120 or 130. I was just standing there. Yeah, on your Apple Watch, I remember. Yes. And I something I remember thinking was so funny was that your roommate at the time thought that you had like spinal tuberculosis. Disease. (laughs) Disease, not syndrome. Yes. Yeah, which POTS disease is literally when you have tuberculosis of your spine. And that's what her roommate thought she had. When did I get tuberculosis? Like, why? Ah, It was really funny. But that was really funny. Ultimately, the mystery was solved. It was that Charlotte had asthma, has asthma. And the asthma, fun. and And the inhaler was not enough to help her asthma symptoms and so she was using it like really often a lot but too much. little did she know that overuse of asthma inhalers can cause tachycardia or increased heart rate and that yes, is what happened yes i do not have pots i don't think so at least but i do have a high heart no. rate just in general yeah but yeah that definitely opened my world to pots because i thought i had it for a couple of days so my mom was like researching it and i was looking into it and they were like eat like drink tons of water and like eat salt and things like that. And I thought I had pots for like a week or two. And then I was like, I don't have pots. I have asthma. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I actually had a patient on high risk OB that had pots and dysautonomia. And she, it was a really interesting, like, and like tough, but interesting kind of case just because she came in for just like worsening of her pots 
And she was so sick. Like, I remember she, like, couldn't get out of bed. She was super pregnant. She just, like, felt like absolute crap. She said she drank so much water all the time. She literally would eat, like, salt tabs as, like, medicine. And it wasn't even helping her. And so she said that, and she hated how they tasted. So she would just down like anything salty. She was like always eating like cheeseburgers and fries. And like, she was this like skinny, tiny little thing. Um, she was eating olives a lot, which is why I made that olives comment oh, earlier. Yeah. Cause she was just like, I love olives. Like, can I just eat some olives? And I was like, literally, yes. Like eat all the salt you want. You're not salt restricted. But yeah. something that was interesting was that after, so this was her like, she's had multiple children and actually after her most previous, most recent child, uh, right after delivery, she actually developed preeclampsia, which if you don't know what preeclampsia is, it's like essentially like really bad high blood pressure due to pregnancy that also, if it becomes bad enough can cause damage to your organs and it's like really dangerous and something we very much awareness month fun fact <laughs> <laughs> i love that great may pre-eclampsia awareness sick so yeah she thought she had preeclampsia well she didn't think she had preeclampsia because you can get it before delivery but you can also get it after delivery and yeah. they caught it so late because she has like dysautonomia in pots And so it's really weird to have, like, this high blood pressure condition when you have something that at baseline causes your blood pressure to be, like, lower. Um, And so she was, like, really nervous when she came in during this pregnancy because she was like, my body does weird things and people don't listen to me, but I Mm. have this weird, like, condition. I have POTS. And I have, like, low blood pressure sometimes. And so uh, how do I know that I don't have preeclampsia? Like, I almost died last time. I don't want that to happen again. Mm. And, like, I need to just, like, feel listened to and heard. And I was like, that's super valid. Because, yeah, Yeah. like, the preeclampsia to diagnose it has, like, very specific heart rate and, like, blood pressure cutoffs. But she was never going to reach those cutoffs because at baseline, her blood pressure was in the, like, 90s over 70s at baseline. Like, that was good for her. When it was there, we were happy. And so it was just, like, a hard thing to kind of grapple with because we were like, okay, yeah, you technically, like, don't meet the criteria for preeclampsia. And we were checking your labs. But also... Like, you're right. Your body does do weird things and, like, you're never going to – if you were ever that high, like, we'd be really, really concerned because that's really abnormal. So it was just an interesting case. And, like, she ended up having her baby very, like, healthy, happy. She had a lot of other issues, and I feel bad because she just has, like, a lot of chronic pain. Um, So I'm hoping – that she, you know, if this is the last pregnancy that she wanted, I hope that she feels good about that. Doesn't have to put her body through this kind of stress. But, you know, to each their own. Wow. That's crazy. That's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, like, heart rate, because we measure, like, in the hospital, like, if your heart rate, your blood pressure, like, that's signs that something's wrong with your body. But if you're, those things are already, like, regulated incorrectly at baseline. Like, how does that affect other diagnoses is interesting. I didn't think yeah. about that. 
I know. One thing I will say that was interesting is that, you know, she had this concern that she has like a low heart blood pressure at baseline. So, you know, if her heart, if her blood pressure went up, what does that mean for the baby? Um, and like, if her blood pressure is that low, is that bad for the baby? But actually, yeah. because she has chronically low blood pressure, her placenta probably grew in a way that was used to having only that amount of right. blood flow. And so it's probably fine. And like, we weren't actually worried about her baby, especially because we were monitoring her baby and stuff, you know? But yeah. that was one thing that was interesting is I was like, okay, yeah. So it, even though she has low blood pressure, it's okay because she's chronically low. And so her placenta is not like struggling to kind of keep the baby alive. Like the placenta grew in that environment. And I thought that was kind of cool. Got it. Placentas are cool. Oh, I love the placenta. We'll get into that eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this season we're going to talk about a placenta. A placenta. Yeah. The placenta. The placenta. The placenta. A placenta. But, okay, if you are interested in learning more about conditions that affect women or just about women, health in general, like women's, I don't know what I'm saying, women's health in general, you can subscribe to our podcast on any podcasting app that you like. And you can also, if you love us, which you should because we are awesome. Leave a rating and review. Apple Podcasts is a great place for that. You can also leave ratings on Spotify. Yep, and you can follow us on social media and also check out our website for more information, show notes, sources, merch, all the things. And lastly, here is to the women who fought for us to be where we are today. And may we do the same for those who come after us. Yes. See, See you next, next time, time, friends. Bye.